2: this is Global
3: News Hour at six.
2: Good evening, and thanks for joining us. We begin with breaking news involving the Vancouver Canucks, the team surprisingly parting ways with President Trevor Linden.
4: Now, details are just coming in. The split reportedly amicable. Squire Barnes joins us with more on this uh, bit of a bombshell, Squire. But maybe there were some signs. Well,
5: there were little rumors and rumblings that Trevor and management and ownership, I should say, weren't you know the best of pals, but uh, it wasn't like there were, you know, stories of arguments or total disagreements, Um, but the interesting thing is, I go back to the draft, this year's draft. Now, at the draft, you make your first pick, and everybody comes up on stage, the owner, the manager, the president of the team, and the scouts. Trevor Linden didn't stand on the stage when they drafted Quinn Hughes, which I don't know if that was a sign of things to come, but now... It may have been a sign of things to come.
2: Unusual at the time, but didn't didn't seem to have that kind of weight behind it. There was an interesting series of tweets today from Francesco Aquilini. We picked one of them out that seems to be the one that tells us the most about Mm. why this decision was made.
5: Yeah, most of the tweets were fairly benign, but this one you can kind of read between the lines when it says a rebuild is a long, slow, gradual process. Everybody needs to be united behind the same vision and pulling in the same direction. When I read that, I think to myself, hmm, Francesco doesn't think he and Trevor were pulling in the same direction. Right. Because the weird thing about this, if this was Trevor Linden's idea that I'm going to walk away from the Vancouver Canucks, I've had it, I'm going back to running the gym, why would you do it now? Why Mm -hmm. wouldn't you have done it at the end of the season? Why would you wait till almost the end of July I'm just guessing because no one's really said anything, but this smacks of someone being pushed over the edge rather than walking out himself.
2: For a guy who came in as the savior of the franchise in many ways, for him to be going out with nothing more than a
4: release and not the
2: full-on press conference. Thank you,
4: Trevor. Exactly. I mean, he said it in the press release, but, True, but, but not in the way you normally would yeah
5: and the thing is you know someone asked me about trevor's legacy well his legacy you see him right now as a player in in, uh, game seven against the rangers that is solid that will never change right but as the president of the canucks four years made the playoffs once i think a big mistake hiring william desjardins and now they're in a rebuild mode It wasn't a great time for Trevor Linden, but um, it'll be interesting to see when the stories start to come up what really happened, why this went down.
4: Yeah, he hasn't said much uh, other than releasing a brief statement uh, saying he loves this city and this province and will always have a special relationship with the team and Canucks fans. He's going to step back from the uh, spotlight for a while and enjoy the summer with his family.
2: Yeah, and okay, mentioned bi- other business endeavors were mentioned too. He is a busy businessman, mm-hmm. but we'll lots more to talk about on that topic, I'm sure, in the coming days.
5: Yes, we'll have Sp- more on sports as well.
2: Okay, good. Thanks, Thank Squire. you Square. Now, the controversy over that illegal hostel known as Oasis House, but neighbors describe it as a nightmare. Online it appears to be legitimate, but the problem is it's located in a townhouse complex, and for 2 years now, the owner has been blatantly ignoring the law. John Waugh reports.
6: A listing on Google Maps and its very own website. The Oasis House even boasts accommodations with mountain views.
7: It's a constant back and forth of suitcases up and down the pathway.
6: The problem, this hostel, is also a regular townhouse unit in this North Vancouver strata. Neighbors say they've been trying for two years to put an end to the constant guest traffic and noise.
7: We've got strangers, we've got an audible noise that has actually woken up my daughter um, in the middle of the night. Um, we've had to call the cops lots.
6: That's not the only cost. The strata even had to raise everyone's fees to take the owner, Emily Yu, to the Civil Resolution Tribunal, a case which the council won. Now it might have to do it again to legally enforce that ruling and the $10,000 in fines. We don't know what to do except to you know go ahead and spend even more money to try to get the courts to enforce on her. And when they do, we're not sure what the outcome of that will be. And it doesn't seem like the owner will have any problems with vacancies. Considering this unit, which is no more than 1,700 square feet, offers a six-bed mixed dormitory, another four-bed mixed dormitory, on top of that, a two-bed budget suite, and another three-bed comfort suite. That's 15 beds total.
7: It, it's terrifying. Those people are stacked on top of each other.
6: When Global News tried to speak with you, she wasn't home. But the new tenant of her basement suite answered the door instead. Have you seen guests come in recently? Or well, there's yeah. been a few here coming and going. There's family here on last weekend for the day or whatever the night. While the number of short-term occupants and the use of the basement are bylaw issues, you, who we eventually reached by phone, doesn't see it that way.
8: I don't see anything wrong with that. A hostel have 15 beds. It's nothing wrong with that.
6: Adding to neighbors' frustrations, who say, "What's the point of having rules if anyone can run a hostel right next door?" John Hua, Global News
4: an arrest warrant has been issued for a coquitlam man accused in a disturbing assault on a skytrain platform that was captured on camera 27 year old chris matthew lamowski was supposed to make a court appearance in new westminster today But he was a no-show. Transit police releasing video of that assault back in April. It shows a woman bumping into a man as she rushes to get on the train. Investigators say the pair then exchanged words before surveillance cameras captured the man throwing coffee on her and shoving her to the ground. A Qualicum beach man is facing dozens of charges related to multiple threatening, harassing and indecent phone and video calls. They happened between November 2017 and April 2018. RCMP say the suspect targeted women throughout the province. However, the majority of incidents occurred in the Lower Mainland. 33-year-old Joel Perry was arrested in May and last week, 70 charges including harassing, indecent phone calls, criminal harassment. Uttering threats and extortion were approved. Perry's next court appearance is scheduled for tomorrow.
2: A deadly ammonia leak in Fernie last fall was caused by a decision to continue using a faulty ice-chilling system. That finding in a new report out today examining the tragedy. Ted Chernecki explains how an apparent lack of understanding about the hazard resulted in the deaths of three men.
1: Construction on a new refrigeration system at the Fernie Memorial Arena is finally underway, and this time it'll be built outside, even though they'll be using the much safer Freon gas and not ammonia. Today's technical report shows that there had been calls to replace the aging system here all the way back to 2010. It's about time it got done, because the actual problem started a long time ago and never got done. The ammonia leak started six
9: months before the deadly incident. Ammonia was detected within the curling brine system during routine maintenance and testing in the spring and summer of 2017. But
1: because the unit wasn't needed over the summer, it was decided to simply monitor the leaking tube. Then on October 16th, knowing there was still a leak, the refrigeration unit was turned back on. When
0: they started up the system, uh, you know, they believed that if in fact there was a, a failure of the system, the worst case scenario would be that the ice would melt and they would lose the curling season.
1: At 3.53 the next morning, the ammonia alarms sounded. The workers who eventually died were escorted into the building with ventilation masks to turn off the curling unit and start the ventilation fans. When they returned five hours later without respirators, while the air had cleared, pressure in that curling rink unit was growing and a red coupler broke, spewing brine and ammonia into the mechanical room.
9: The coupling separation suddenly depressurized the brine system, and cause the ammonia in the brine and piping to rapidly release into the mechanical room.
1: Wayne Hornquist, Lloyd Smith, both of Fernie, and ammonia specialist Jason Podlowski of Turner Valley, Alberta, all died. Today's report shows on August 30th, a City of Fernie operator was warning a contractor that the brine line is really corroded and leaking. And other documents show Fernie had budgeted more than $200,000 to replace the 31-year-old refrigeration system, but that money was no longer in the 2018 capital budget. Ted Chinecki, Global News
4: the sbca needs your help to find a teacup poodle stolen from the vancouver shelter mickey was taken last night the sbca says someone broke into the shelter after hours using bolt cutters to get through the outer gate and the kennel door when staff arrived this morning they discovered the brown teacup poodle was missing Mickey has special health needs, and anyone with information is asked to call Vancouver Police or the SPCA Cruelty Hotline.
2: After a number of days of higher than normal temperatures, it's just about that time that some people will start complaining about the heat. But beyond difficulty sleeping, there's a real danger in consistently high temperatures. Sonia Diol has more on how the city of Vancouver is making it easier to stay cool.
10: You have to really love the heat to be running in temperatures like this, but get ready. A heat warning from Environment Canada says temperatures over the next few days, a forecast to go as high as 31 degrees in Metro Vancouver, humidity levels making it feel even hotter.
8: Heat can kill. Uh, people can die
4: from heat, even in the lower mainland.
10: The warning prompting city officials to set up cooling stations at a number of community centres and several temporary water fountains attached to fire hydrants like this one to help beat the heat. Best water in the world, isn't it? Exact locations of where these are on the city's website.
11: These facilities welcome anyone who needs escape from the heat, whether that be for a quick
7: sit down or for a few hours.
10: The reminder from Environment Canada is that extreme heat like this can affect everyone, especially if you spend a lot of time outdoors. The advice, wear a sun hat and drink plenty of water. But certain groups right now are greater concern. The city providing the homeless in the downtown east side with water and sunscreen, and also at risk of heat stroke, the elderly.
2: I bought an air condition last year when it was hot. Stand in front of a fan or whatever, you know what I mean, like, it's... it's... It's not that bad. I have fans, and then I have
9: these cloths that I bought from the P&E that you soak, and they get really cold, and I lay that on me, and it's wonderful. Yeah.
10: 14 water parks across the city have had their hours extended and will now be open from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. A number of outdoor pools also opening an hour earlier from 9 a.m. With thousands expected to turn out at English Bay for the celebration of light kicking off this weekend and the scorching weather lasting well into next week, the message today, enjoy the heat but do it safely. Sonia Diol, Global News.
2: Sure pays to be close to the water when it's like this. Meteorologist Christy Gordon is in English Bay tonight, and uh, yeah, it's still toasty down there, isn't it?
12: Yes, now there's a little bit of a breeze, but it really isn't doing much. With the heat of the sun right now, Chris, and the humidity at close to 60%, The Humanex levels here are at 31. So it is scorching hot. You can see masses of people behind me trying to catch a bit of a break from this heat by going going in the water. I know a lot of pools, as Sonia mentioned, uh, definitely in use these days. Inland regions up to 32. So the heat warning's in place. We don't expect it to to, uh, ease off until at least Monday. Now today, three new parts of the province were added to the heat warning. When I come back, I'll show you which areas, and we'll also talk about which areas I expect to be added to the warning in the coming days. Chris.
2: All right, look forward to that. Thanks, Christy.
12: Now, that heat fueling
4: the wildfire risk around the province, so much so the campfire ban is expanding as of tomorrow. Kylie Stanton has more on where that's happening and what you can do to prevent the situation from getting any worse. As the temperatures
11: climb, crews push through, still working around the clock to gain control over the Mount Aeneas wildfire that sparked last Tuesday. Now, more than a week later, those efforts are starting to pay off.
5: I think we've got it uh, to the point now where we can say that uh, there won't be any more growth with it. It's gone very well over the last couple of days for us.
11: And with no major storms in the forecast, crews want to keep it that way.
5: If we haven't got the lightning starts, any new starts that we get are going to be man-caused. So we want to make sure that people are paying attention when they're out and about in the, uh, the forested areas.
11: The first step, bringing in the campfire bans. It went into effect last week in the coastal fire region, but as of noon Thursday, there will also be no open burning or campfires allowed in the southeast and Kamloops fire centres.
6: Very dry province right now. so.
11: Campers here are making the most of the time they have left.
9: We're grateful we got a few days, so it's a good thing given the, the circumstances. And the forests are very dry and the protection of the forests, we're all for it.
11: In fact, it's so dry, even the Kelowna firefighters here didn't feel it was safe to demonstrate just how quickly human-caused fires can spread. But they have done it before under more controlled circumstances. And right now, they say everyone could use a reminder
2: you'll see that it it takes off very quickly.
11: This video produced by the fire department shows a blaze at work moving through tall grasses before burning up dried-out cedar and juniper. All of it the result of a tiny spark.
1: Fire started from a poorly repaired car something dragging behind the car whether it's a muffler or something. Of course uh, ATVs, motorcycles out in them in the back country.
8: We have the silencer, a little gasket And then we have our spark arrestor screen.
11: This small wire mesh device is going a long way to contain any potential threats, now mandatory in many popular riding areas.
8: Any hot embers, metal, carbon buildup, etc. that could possibly come from the motor can't escape into the atmosphere. It gets trapped by this cone. 100% works.
11: But the concern is people are not 100% responsible. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Kelowna.
4: And here's a quick snapshot of the wildfire season so far. Crews have responded to 810 wildfires to date. The average this time of year is 762. More than 56,000 hectares have burned so far this season. The average just over 107,000. And on this date last year, almost 378,000 hectares had been scorched.
2: But first, more evidence tonight of just how emotional and volatile the debate is over the Kinder Morgan pipeline.
4: A pro-pipeline activist is going public with video he says shows him being harassed by anti-pipeline protesters. Aaron MacArthur joins us from downtown Vancouver, where another anti-pipeline event is underway. Aaron?
3: Yeah, Sophie, the people behind Camp Cloud uh, up by the Kinder Morgan Terminal in Burnaby were here at the AFN convention. They held a bit of a press conference today. We asked them about this alleged altercation Monday night.
5: I don't know how I didn't treat you like a human being. You, you came out here to, to see You didn't ask to take pictures. No, we're not right. in a museum.
3: Monday night at what has been dubbed here Camp here. Cloud. A pro pipeline advocate coming face to face with the campers.
5: Nobody knew who I was up there. I didn't go out there with a big suits and boots t-shirt saying, hey, look at me. I'm here to cause trouble in the midst of me taking the photos. I guess I took a photo and somebody saw me doing it and didn't like that.
1: You shut your lips right oh, now and I listen.
5: We are all free We are not
1: here going to be to- told by white trash what to do anymore.
3: The altercation started quickly and escalated quicker still.
8: You don't you don't have any right. Of course I do. Let me see your Indian status card.
5: Maybe I would have been wise to step away as I had that man yelling in my face saying take off. See, that's not take off. But then he also said if you don't have an Indian status card you have no rights here. And I thought, well, sorry sir, you're wrong.
4: We're not here to agitate take you. Sir. sir,
5: don't touch me. No,
4: you don't need to do that. I do. No, no, that's you not it. necessary.
5: Well, I'm going to be back. Thank hey,
4: you. Don't, don't touch
7: me! me. Don't, you don't, get me. Don't, don't, me. don't touch Have me! You to
3: Andrew Mann is affiliated with a pro pipeline group called Suits and Boots. They were attempting to stage a photo op this week involving a bulldozer near the camp showing their support of Kinder Morgan. It was not supposed to be seen as a threat to the camp, but the recon mission Monday night was viewed as just that. Those folks that came here made us feel unsafe. How? They were taking pictures of sleeping
2: people, they were taking pictures of a sacred fire, they were taking pictures of license plates of vehicles. We have no idea who they were, they didn't announce who they were. Are people safe if they come visit Camp
3: Cloud?
7: Yes. Should people feel safe? They should feel safe and welcome if you come with good intention to protect water and defend the whales and the eagles and our trees and raise awareness.
3: Man wants to know if Camp Cloud is so aggressive, why the Burnaby RCMP or the city of Burnaby haven't issued a warning to the public to stay away? The people at Camp Cloud say they are receiving death threats from the general public and from specific groups say they need to remain vigilant. Chris, Sophie?
4: A lot of emotion over this one. Thank you, Aaron.
3: For sure. The divide in BC over
2: Kinder Morgan, one of the issues that appears to be hurting the Horgan government, at least according to recent polls. Keith Baldry is live in Victoria right now with More on Horgan's slipping approval ratings and, uh, yeah, some of it's tied to feelings about the pipeline, Keith.
13: Certainly seems to be Chris, although I don't think he's in any danger territory quite yet. But the bloom is off the rose for the NDP government. A little more than a year into its mandate, uh, some of the numbers uh, sort of a mixed bag for the NDP to take away. First of all, take a look at John Horgan's approval rating. Still pretty good, 47 percent, but that's down six points, and his disapproval rating is up a significant nine points to 40 percent. Now Insights West also polled which issues are the handling best, which ones worst. Uh, top three uh, handling: environment, education, and healthcare. All ga- more than 40% uh, voting uh, result in terms of doing a good job. In terms of doing the worst job on issues, well, it's got housing affordability at 54%. Energy and pipelines close behind. Again, people thinking the NDP is not handling themselves well on that issue. And poverty reduction still uh, an elusive uh, goal for any government to make a real dent in those troubling numbers. That's the third issue at uh, 43%. So, again, a mixed bag here for the NDP. I got to think uh, one year into a mandate and a, and a tight uh, seat breakdown in the House. Probably feeling pretty good at the numbers here because we've certainly seen B.C. governments in trouble with the electorate before in far greater ways. So I think John Horgan is going into this summer on a bit of a high, not as high as it was six months ago, but nevertheless, pretty good numbers because he's outdoing doing his chief rival. The B.C. liberals are still mired in a distant second place in terms of voting intentions. Chris. All right. Thanks very much, Keith.
4: Three days after the shooting rampage in Toronto that killed two, new information about the shooter. A police source now tells Global News that Faisal Hussein shot himself during a confrontation with police.
2: And as we learn the identity of the youngest victim of the tragedy, questions remain as to the
9: motive that set Hussein on his deadly path. Eric Sorensen reports. Condolences at Markham City Hall today for Juliana Kozis, the 10-year-old girl identified last night as the second victim of Sunday's shooting rampage in Toronto.
12: Just a lovely little girl and just radiated a lot of beautiful energy.
9: More information today on the killer, Faisal Hussein, police dismissing claims of a connection to ISIS. They are looking into his past, police intervening under the Mental Health Act when he was in high school, a teacher who we are not identifying telling Global News of a disturbing encounter in school. Ten years ago, when he was in my class and I asked him, what does he want to do? And he said to me, oh, I want to kill someone. I said, are you kidding me? He, Why? What do they do to you? He said, nothing. I just feel it'd be really cool to kill somebody. I said, you're joking, right? He said, no. And this kid creeped me out. Police are also looking into where he got the gun used in the killing. City Council has zeroed in on access to guns last night calling on Ottawa to ban handguns in Toronto as part of new gun legislation. And if the guns are to be seized, says Mayor Tory, destroy them.
1: As I certainly support the notion that when guns are seized, Ill, uh, illegal guns are seized, they should be destroyed.
9: The federal minister saying yesterday Ottawa will consider the city's request to ban handguns. Many experts come back to Hussein's mental health and the social disadvantages in some parts of the community.
8: The vast majority of gun violence happens in places of disparity and in great disadvantage. And so if, if, if the city wants to really eliminate gun violence in the long run, they have to address those things.
9: In Greektown today, the popular avenue where the shooting happened, life is returning to normal, something the lieutenant governor was happy to see.
7: It's wonderful to see communities come together, and that's exactly what's happened here and, and beyond.
9: Eric Sorensen, Global News, Toronto.
4: At an airport, at an airplane, and there's a person getting deported to Afghanistan. Please don't take my phone. Don't touch my phone. That's Elin Erson, a young Swedish woman who has become a controversial internet sensation for posting video on Facebook of her efforts to prevent a deportation. Erson refused to take her seat until a man being deported from Sweden to Afghanistan was taken off the plane. She stood her ground, despite criticism from other passengers. Because Set a person down, we go. A, down. to get deported to Set Afghanistan.
9: Down.
7: You are an unruly passenger.
9: You are not doing what you have to do on board. You are frightening. Turn your phone
10: off. do so, so there's a Turkish guy helping me out, so somebody that I'm doing is right. Some people are really
11: applauding all this that I'm doing.
4: In the end, both Arison and the man were taken off the plane, but her victory could be short-lived. Swedish authorities say the man will be deported at a later date, and Arison could face fines and possible jail time for disobeying a pilot's orders.
2: The grim mission continues in Greece as search crews are fanning out, looking for people still missing after the deadly wildfires.
4: The latest death toll, now 79, but no one really knows how many are still missing. Estimates range from 60 to 100 more. People are taking to social media and TV with appeals for information on their loved ones. Among the survivors telling harrowing stories is Agni Gantona. She and her family spent five agonizing hours in the water to escape the flames, regularly dunking their heads underwater to keep from breathing in smoke that was so thick... They held hands to stay together, they were eventually rescued by boats.
2: Donald Trump not speaking to reporters today after the release of bombshell audio recordings. In them, the president and his former attorney talk about a payment to a former Playboy model, a woman who says she had an affair with Trump. But the president did not hesitate to sound off on Twitter.
7: Outside and inside... Shouts, drawing smirks in the Oval Office with reporters pushing the president to talk about that tape between him and his former attorney. Did
5: Michael Cohen
7: betray you? Thank you very much. No response repeatedly. But on Twitter, President Trump, more talkative, asking what kind of a lawyer would tape a client. So sad. It's new fallout from a recently revealed recording in which the president and Michael Cohen appear to casually reference a hush money payment two months before the election to keep a Playboy model quiet about an alleged affair, one the president denies.
1: Well, I have to pay you, so no, okay. no, 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 I got, no, 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 yeah.
7: The president seems to know what Cohen's talking about, those claims by model Karen McDougall of a relationship. And now it's that exchange raising questions about whether the president broke any laws.
8: This deal wasn't consummated, so is there any criminal activity there? No, it's about truth.
7: So why is this tape significant? The president could face a legal liability if he was trying to influence the election by covering up the story. The president's attorney, Rudy Giuliani, insists President Trump was not trying to cover his tracks. But former U.S. attorney Chuck Rosenberg says prosecutors would need more context to figure out if the president violated campaign finance laws. It makes no difference whether the hush money was actually paid out or not.
9: If two people agree to do something that the law forbids, if they conspire, and then either one of them takes a step in that direction, that's a crime. Whether or not a payment was made actually won't matter
0: for conspiracy law.
4: Caught on video, a brazen robbery at a California Lululemon store. Three women casually walk into the Fresno store on Sunday afternoon and begin shoveling clothing into bags, all while shoppers and staffers watch. They take merchandise worth an estimated $17,000 U.S. before walking out just as calmly. Fresno police say more than a dozen other Lululemon stores have been hit by shoplifters recently. And they're asking for the public's help in identifying the suspects.
2: In Health Matters tonight, some new hope in the battle against one of the most deadly and most cruel diseases as we age. While there's still nothing that can reverse Alzheimer's, a new drug is showing promise in at least slowing its progression.
0: Today, a rare success for Alzheimer's research. A new drug could slow down the progression of the deadly disease, which currently has no effective treatments.
12: It's hope in terms of that we continue to uh, look for potential treatments. The data is intriguing drug maker biogen
0: reported today at a major alzheimer's conference that after 18 months of treatment patients who received the highest dose saw a 30 percent reduction in memory and daily function decline versus those given a placebo the drug removes buildup called amyloid plaques from the brain thought to be responsible for alzheimer's while similar drugs have failed the key difference here the new drug was given to patients at the earliest stages of the disease who had these plaques. If we intervene early, we can slow the shrinkage of the brain. We can reduce or slow amyloid accumulation. And it's important to detect this as early as possible. Absolutely. While researchers will continue to study this drug, they've asked the FDA to fast-track approval. The news today, giving hope to those like 41-year-old Greg Donovan, who lost both his father and grandparents to the disease. It's such a, a critical societal need and there's so much human suffering involved with Alzheimer's. Uh, I hope that research continues.
2: You're watching Global News Hour at six A 64-year-old man celebrates a record-breaking swim, but it's how he did it that will have you gasping for air. That's coming up after the forecast with Christy.
4: Most people will want to go for a little swim uh, Mm -hmm. in the next few days because of the heat that we're experiencing. Christy Gordon at English Bay, where we saw some people in the water a little earlier. Christy?
12: Oh yeah, there are lots of people in the water actually A lot of people out on the dock out there as well, but a lot of people just enjoying the beach, and enjoying a little bit of the breeze. Now, uh, this beach is packed, but in a few days on Saturday will be the first day of the Honda Celebration of Lights and this entire area will be packed. I saw some crews here doing some preparation by putting out some extra garbage bins and stuff so certainly excitement building here uh, in English Bay as we approach that, and especially since the weather is so beautiful. Now, it is when so it's we love water Wednesday need to tell you about a few water saving tips first off the top one is help your lawn retain water by mowing the grass to a height of only five to six uh, centimeters and this will also help establish the strong roots and another one set your shower timer or even listen to music while you shower and limit yourself to just two songs I might need three songs but I would try and do two songs great tips you guys thanks so much for sending us those here are the temperatures even near the water Vancouver, North Vancouver, 29 degrees. It feels like 31, though, out here. And you can see the regular temperatures inland, 31, 32. It is scorching hot. Expect a similar pattern both tomorrow and Friday. Uh, Lillooet hitting 35 degrees. And you may be wondering, why isn't there a heat warning in the interior? Well, they just added south and north Thompson, also the 100-mile house region. And I expect the Okanagan Valley to be added to that as they head towards the weekend. The reason is that, uh, a heat warning for those areas is 35 plus, and they'll see that over the weekend, so watch for that. But the, the blocking pattern still in place. We're not expecting this to break down until Tuesday. There's your forecast, everyone. Hot and dry, a few areas with a risk of a thunderstorm, but otherwise, we have no rain in sight. It is tender, tinder dry out there. South coast regions, we're talking about fire danger rating at a high to extreme level in most areas. Over the weekend, Chris, so if it is going to get even, hotter than we are right now make sure you check on people that may be vulnerable in this type of heat because it really is tough to keep cool especially with uh it not cooling down much at night at all
2: yeah i gotta check on your neighbors and make sure they're doing okay too thanks Mm -hmm. very much christy stay cool out there Looks beautiful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well a 64 year old bulgarian man has reclaimed his world record with a swim you have to see to believe
4: Why though, why? (laughs) Yanni Petkov swam for more than two miles in a Macedonian lake with his hands and feet bound. And as you can see, fully wrapped in a sack. It took him about three hours. He swam face up and feet first. Not the most efficient method. He previously held the record with a 1.2 mile swim, but lost it in 2013 to a man from India. The Guinness people were on hand to verify his longer swim. He
5: looks like a giant thing. Oscar Mayer wiener out there. There cannot be many people going
2: for that record. It's got to be him and the Indian guy. It <laughs> sounds like it. That's go it. back and forth and back, back and forth.
4: forth. <sighs> All right.
5: We are. Big news. Well, and it happened late in the day, and it was uh, it was a little unexpected. This was not something that was on anybody's radar. It wasn't. There weren't rumblings. There weren't drums banging. You know, we didn't really know this was going to happen, but it has happened. But there was this odd moment. Very odd moment in this year's NHL draft. When the Canucks picked Quinn Hughes first overall, all the Canucks management was on stage for pictures. Except for Trevor Linden. That was a bit strange. And now you wonder if that was a sign of things to come. Because as of today, Trevor Linden is out as the Canucks president. Why is he out? Well, no one's really saying yet. It was an amicable split. That's all we know. But the guess is... He and ownership were not seen eye-to-eye. Linden was on the job as the Canucks boss for four years. Now, he was brought in by the Aquilinis in 2014, and really it was a brilliant choice as far as PR is concerned because they had just fired Mike Gillis. Hiring Trevor Linden immediately blew away the black cloud that had formed over the Canucks. Most everyone was glad Trevor was taking over Vancouver's team. Of course, you have one of the club's favorite legends, taking over. So everyone was happy about that. He fired John Tortorella, who was still with the coach when he took over. He hired Jim Benning, hired Willie Desjardins, made the playoffs in his first season, but that was it. Then he fired Desjardins after three years and brought in Travis Green. When he became the boss, he didn't go for a rebuild right away. He chose to bring in young players slowly while getting veterans to help the Canucks stay as a playoff contender. That was a mistake. But that might have been something ownership wanted more than Trevor Linden did. When Jim Benning was given a new contract this past season, the word was he was now reporting directly to ownership rather than going through Trevor. Perhaps another clue that Linden's days were numbered. The mystery is, why now? If this was Trevor Linden's idea, why not leave at the end of the regular season rather than in late July? On the surface, it looks like he might have been pushed rather than walking out himself. But we don't know that for sure yet. But we'll eventually find out. Okay, here's something we do know for sure. Alfonso Davies is going to one of the biggest soccer teams in the world and the Whitecaps are cashing a big check because of it. The transfer fee, if all the criteria are met between the Whitecaps and Bayern Munich could mean 22 million US to the Whitecaps and they get all of it. Alfonso has to cut his own contract with Bayern Munich but he did that today in Philadelphia where Bayern Munich is training. It's a deal where everyone is happy the Whitecaps are happy. Alfonso is happy, and Bayern Munich is happy as well.
1: Alfonso Davis, 17
0: years, striker of Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, my feelings is excited, you know, um, being able to get this opportunity to play for a great club like Bayern Munich. Um, it's overwhelming, you know. As a kid, you dream about this moment. and I'm happy it came through.
5: It wasn't just Bayern Munich that was after Alfonso Davies. There were others in Europe as well but Byron's offer was too good to pass up.
7: We've been in discussions um, with them for a few weeks, and ultimately we were really excited because we felt like Bayern Munich was a fantastic fit for our organization and the player. I, I
9: think he's a, a very rare uh, individual because he's got, he's got the whole package. He's got the, the mental makeup and he's got the, uh, the, um, the ability that combined, as I said earlier, I think the ceiling is, is
5: endless. Alfonso Davies will play the rest of this season with the Whitecaps. He won't join Munich until January. But what will the Caps do with their newfound windfall, the 22 million U.S.?
9: Our plan is to wholeheartedly invest the money in the sporting side of our club, which is the the youth development program we have, the the grassroots programming, and the senior team. Our objective from the before we joined MLS, was to be a club that develops players, and um, I think we'll we'll be looking to double down on that now.
5: Well, the racing career of Triple Crown winner Justify is over, an ankle injury has forced his owners to take him off the track and send him to the breeding shed early, where the big money will be made. Justify's career was brief but brilliant. He only raced six times, all six in the span of 111 days. Never lost, became the 13th horse to ever win the Triple Crown just a second to win it undefeated. Also, the second Triple Crown winner to be retired after winning the Belmont Stakes. Of course, he was bred in Kentucky, but he was bred by John Gunther and his daughter Tanya, who are from Langley.
3: Coming up on ET Canada, six-time Oscar nominee Glenn Close on her amazing career and what it's like to act alongside her daughter. Plus, what are the greatest music videos of the 21st century? Well, we have the controversial list coming up. Seriously, it's going to bother you. It's 7 o'clock. Right at the news hour. But first back to you, Chris and Sophie.
5: Okay,
4: thanks, Roz. Uh, have you ever had a hole in one?
5: Uh close, but no. Yeah. I've seen one. Witness I one. I was close. with Barry Delay when he got one years ago. Oh, he
4: also won it. I know he wins a
5: house, Barry. he gets a hole in one. What's yes, up with that guy?
4: All right. Well, even regular golfers can go their entire lives without getting one.
5: That's why an Nanaimo
2: golfer is celebrating beating astronomical odds by bagging two holes in one. In the same round, in the same nine, Richard Zussman has the story. Call it what
8: you want. Pure luck, a miracle, great golfing. Last Friday, Nanaimo's Terry Gorman teed it up at Abbotsford's Ledgeview Golf Course, starting on the 10th tee. On his second hole, the 11th, he pulled out a four hybrid, and bam, a 169-yard hole-in-one. Stepping up to a par three,
3: uh, I'm always hoping for a
8: hole-in-one, but that, this was the first I'd ever had, so it was kind of a surprise. Then, six holes later, the 116-yard 17th hole and a sweet swing with a nine-iron led to another hole-in-one. At that point, my arms went above my head again, and I jumped up and down, and I, I, I got some kind of spasms <laughs> because I was so excited. As a casual golfer, when you tee it up on a par three, the odds of making a hole in one are 12,500 to one. To do it twice in the same round, the odds balloon to 67 million to one. I've always been a lucky guy, but how lucky? Let's take a look at how rare Gorman's feat is. The odds of becoming a saint are 20 million to one. How about winning an Olympic gold medal? that happens for one in 662,000 people. And getting that big Lotto 649 win is 13,983,816 to one. Gorman's miracle goal feat, far less lucrative. We play for a little bit of money when we play. And uh, at the end of the day, I was two bucks ahead of the guys. What makes this feat all the more meaningful is Gorman did it alongside his brother Tom. Tom's moving to Ontario in the fall, so this may have been the last time the pair ever played together. Odds are, the memory of this incredible feat done with his brother alongside him is what's worth the most. Richard Zussman, Global News. Is that a
4: Bridgestone? He's going to retire that ball.
5: Well, Ledgeview is... uh, Rather legendary course. It's not an easy golf course. It's rather Mm -hmm. narrow and tough to play well. Uh, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, who are on the PGA Tour right now, are from Ledgeview. Ray Stewart and James Lepp, also Ledgeview alumni.
4: He has to buy two rounds in the clubhouse?
5: See, he didn't mention that. If you get a hole-in-one, like, in Japan, people get hole-in-one insurance (laughs) because they could go broke if they actually get one of these things. Buying
2: buying drinks for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Okay, nice, cool beer might be going down well on a beach somewhere, even if it is illegal. I'm sure somebody snuck one (laughs) in down there at English Bay. (laughs) I had to do the caveat there. Wrap it up for us on the weather front there, Christy. (laughs)
12: All right, Chris. Well, uh, temperatures are still scorching hot, even though the sun is just starting to to go down on the horizon. It's going to be hot right until midnight, probably 22 degrees overnight, dropping down to 17. So not much relief. Heat warning in effect, and I'll throw it back to you. Enjoy your evening. Maybe have a cold beer when you get home, Chris. Oh yeah, I
2: might I might enjoy that. Certainly kicking off the sheets later tonight, right?
12: Turning Thanksful. on the fan.
2: That's right. Mm-hmm. Thanks for watching, everybody.
4: Have a good night.